Welcome to Literally, the podcast where we literally take you through the entire process of building a business and creating a lit up life. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach for high-performing women that want to live a lit up life while creating the impact and income they desire in their business. I bring my unique education and expertise to the table to help my clients create big results and move through big blocks. What makes this podcast so unique is that you'll hear one client's weekly coaching sessions for six months. These are recordings of our actual coaching sessions, so you'll see their unique challenges and strategies, their ups and downs, and their wins and losses. You'll also get to hear exactly how I coach them through it. I'm so excited for you to join us on this behind the scenes journey and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello everyone, welcome to session one of season two. I cannot believe you know we're already recording season two that we're already putting out um, our first episode, having our first coaching session. It is just so massively exciting and I'm so pumped for you get to get to meet Sam and really experience um, just the different type of business, the different challenge points she's bringing to the table. Something that was so important to me is that this podcast gives you a look behind the scenes of all different types of businesses and models and you know different starting points and different coaching, different challenges. And that's exactly what you're going to see. We dive in right away talking about, you know, her being at a place where she's making over six figures in her business and has some big decisions to make. So I'm really excited for you to hear me coach her through that, to hear what her unique challenges are, and just to start to get a feel for, you know, the similarities and differences that you're going to experience between season one and season two. I think it is going to just be massively valuable. So I will stop rambling and we will dive in because I'm so excited for y'all to listen. All right. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. Hi, Sam. I am so freaking excited. Hey, yeah, I'm excited too. Amazing. I feel like it wasn't all that long ago that we talked, but it kind of feels like it's just been, you know, such a long wait building up to this. So I'm so excited to get to dive in. Yeah, definitely. I've kind of been like earmarking this as like pre-coaching and post-coaching. So I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> so good. All right. So let's just start. Um, we already did all the housekeeping kind of thing, but let's just start with that like basic brain dump. Like what's been going on for you since the last time we talked? Where's business at? What are the like things that are most top of mind for you right now? Feel free to go as long or as short as you want. I'll take notes and then we'll kind of dive into those pieces. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, last time we spoke, I had just crossed the six figure projected revenue point. Um, it's really exciting. Yeah. So like right now I am making, um, the same amount I was making when I was working full time and running my business on the side, which I was like doing for five years. So that, and I'm working way less than I ever was. So that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so now I'm kind of at this point where I think I want to scale a little bit. I've always been, it's always just been me. I've always just been a solopreneur and I like that. Like I am not really looking to like scale a big company, but I am definitely still looking to, um, grow my income. Basically like I love my business, but I really view it as it's a source of income. That's going to like, let me do what I want with my life. Um, so I'm kind of like realistic about it in that point. Um, but basically right now I had a couple of coaching clients earlier this year and I really liked it. And I'm in two masterminds that I, um, they're free masterminds I'm a member of, but I facilitate both of them. And I've just been hearing a lot from a lot of people like you really need to do this. You should run masterminds or you should do coaching. And I got good feedback from my coaching clients. So earlier this year, I decided that I wanted to add that arm to my digital agency business. Um, so right now I'm kind of at a point where I'm not really sure if I want to grow and scale the agency side and then build my coaching arm, or should I build the coaching arm and then, you know, circle back to growing my agency. Um, basically I think that I need to get to about like 120, 200 in projected revenue before it'll really be worth it for me to like bring on a VA or bring on any, um, bit of help. So I'm trying to just like kind of figure out like what is the next step? Like I have all of these great options that, you know, I'm like not scared. I'm excited about both of them. I'm not scared about any, either of them, but I just kind of like don't know what makes the most sense uh, moving forward because right now I feel like I'm really entering like a season of hustle, right? Like if we're getting into <laughs> that, but um, I, and I'm so fine with that, but like the end goal is always like, 
I want my business to be making me like at least $150,000 a year, like take home pay salary. Um, But once my husband and I decide to start having kids, I really want to be able to only work like 25 hours a week. So that's like always the end goal. I don't want to get crazy about scaling and then have to burn it to the ground when I want to go back to that, you know, 25 hours a week of working. So um, I just want to be like really mindful about how I'm growing and scaling and it's like all good things and exciting things. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So good. I, I love that you want to bring that intentionality to it now. Like I definitely think that there's something so beautiful about being clear on what it is you want to build versus like accidentally building something that's not at all in alignment with like your life goals and then being like, well, shit, what now? Um, I think so many people are like, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to build it in a certain way and then I'll figure it out. And I think that's such a flawed mentality. Yeah. Right? Because it's so hard to change your entire business model once you've gotten to 200K or whatever. Right. (laughs) Versus being intentional about how you want to build it along the way. So I think part of our focus is not that it always has to be 25 hours a week religiously no matter what, but like to figure out like what's doable in that time frame and how do we stick around that mark where we're not making it a 60 hour a week business that you then have to figure out entirely how to transform, right? I love that we get in so quickly to this conversation of building a business that's in alignment with what you want. I think this is such an important conversation at any stage of business, but it is an especially important one once you're at a point of growth in your business and once you've grown it to a certain point, simply because it can be so easy to get into um, this habit where you're saying yes to everything because you know like clients are coming to you there's a bunch of opportunities to make money you're obviously growing at a really fast rate and it's so easy to just keep saying yes to more work yes to more hours yes to more things without stopping to check if it's actually in alignment with what you want if it's actually going to get you where you want to go the yes actually supports that end goal And so, so glad we got to dive into that so early and that's a conversation we will keep coming back to again and again because Sam has really specific visions of how she wants her life to look and why she wants to build this business and the plans she has for her future. So expect to see this conversation a lot, but know that this is a reminder for you to do that check-in with yourself too. Like, are the things I'm saying yes to in my business actually in alignment with what I want, with what my goals are, with what my long-term vision is? check in with yourself. That is the most important question you can ask yourself this week. Right. I'm definitely totally good with doing 60 hour weeks. Like right now, that's kind of part of that. Like I'm fine with that. And that's like going to be a season for me. And I did it for years and years while I was running my business on the side. But, um, you know, I, I want to be able to say, okay, now we're, we're scaling it back down in terms of the amount of hours I have to be in the business every week, but without having to, you know, fire clients and lower their revenue. So. Totally. And I think that it's also something to, uh, give yourself permission on too, that like that can ebb and flow. Like it it may not make sense for it to always be (laughs) 60 hours. Like you may be wanting to try to build for what you want now. So we can kind of figure out what that line is for you, right? Yeah, for sure. I think another big piece too is like you just really crossed a big goal or a big threshold, right? To be able to say like, I'm making exactly what I was making when I both had the job and the side hustle. And that is such a moment that I'm sure has been like the goal for a while, right? So it's sometimes it's weird when we've now hit this big goal and then we have to like redecide, like, well, what's the next thing, right? Yeah, it definitely kind of like formed into like, a, okay, so like now I'm here, like what's the next step? Like it made me kind of a little bit more like forward thinking. And I did feel like at first kind of like a little, not like weird, like I've always been like very, like I'm money motivated is like one of my main motivators. And like, I have always known that. And, um, and like, I'm fine with that. I'm totally cool with that. Like who doesn't like money? But I did when I crossed that threshold, I was kind of like, Ooh, weird. Like, wow, I'm making like kind of a lot of money now. And like, I'm still not even working full time. Like I'm still not even working 40 hours a week. Wow. That's like kind of crazy. But since then I've kind of, um, settled into it a little bit more. So I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to make more money than that. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of have to level set, right? Like it's like something to 
get into and process and be like, okay, it's, it's sort of like that um, statistic. I think it's 70K, but I might be wrong. I, I could look that up, but it's oh, basically like, like, yeah, the happiness marker, right? Where it's like over a certain amount, your happiness doesn't necessarily increase. And so it's kind of been this level set for you, right? Which is like, okay, I'm like over this certain amount. Right. I have to like level set here, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it becomes about other things. It's not about like proving anything or getting to that mark or replacing the income or whatever. It's actually about different things. Like how do I set up a business that supports my ultimate life goals, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I, that balance is really important to me. So right now, um, what what are you putting in weekly hours-wise, would you say? So... I am pretty religious about tracking my time and toggle when I'm actually doing client work. But then, you know, when I'm, if I'm just like checking emails or whatever, I don't really track it in toggle that much. So typically like my actual tracked client hours are like around 15 hours a week. So I would say I'm probably like actively working like 20 to 25 hours a week now um I'm like very my days are very like I just kind of like feel it out and go with the flow and like I am more productive in the afternoons and the evenings so a lot of times like I don't work in the morning and like I can easily not work for a whole day every week if I want to like that is not really difficult for me right now so I'm really like not working that much right now um which is weird but also great um yeah totally well I mean I think it was intentional right yeah. I mean, part of me kind of like, I was like trying to think about it and I, I almost was like, okay, maybe I'm like coming off of a hangover. Like I ran my business and worked in the evenings and on the weekends for so many years while working full time. And so maybe just the last year, like I could have easily hit, like surpassed the six figure mark earlier, but I kind of was just chilling and giving myself a little space and a little time. Um, so um, I think that was what was really happening. And so now kind of once that, that I did cross that threshold, it kind of got me like, okay, yeah, now I'm ready to be working a little bit more now. Um, cause it is like my husband and like everybody I know, like, when do you work? Like, what are you doing with yeah. your life? So, um, it is, it's probably like 20 to 25 hours a week, depending on the week for the most part. Yeah. And I just want to give you like a lot of credit there because I think you did the thing that most people don't do, which is like you actually gave yourself the thing you were working towards. So like when you were in corporate and working nights and weekends and whatever, this is what you were doing it for, right? Right. It's to be able to have this freedom, to have this lifestyle, to not feel chained to a desk, all of those things, right? And so like kudos to you for actually giving yourself to that because that's what makes the effort pay off. And it's so beautiful to be able to be in the experience of it paying off where like so many people will do the hustle thing, then they get in their own business and they just replicate that and they wonder why they're unhappy, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I like went the complete opposite direction. Yeah, totally. And uh, again, you can you can bring it back in. I mean, sometimes the pendulum swings and it sounds right. like now you're at a place where you're ready to go a little bit more into it and that's cool too. But like it's because you had that experience and like actually experienced it, actually sat in it, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I always wanted to work for myself. Like that was always the goal and that's why like we were living in New York City and we like left New York City so that I could work for myself and not feel like immediately a lot of pressure to match my old salary. So, I think that it always was like I was just always very clear about like in my mind what I wanted and what I wanted to get out of it and like what I you know, I value that freedom to like not work on a day if I'm not feeling it. So, when it actually happened, I was like, yes, like I did, like this is happening. <laughs> yes. And again, it takes discipline to give yourself that experience and not be like, no, 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 I should just work more of it. It's so valuable. Like I think about it like eating pizza to a certain extent. If you're like craving pizza, craving pizza, and you're like, no, I shouldn't have it or I can't have it or whatever. And then you finally have it, but you feel guilty the whole time you're having it. You never really got that experience. So you'll keep craving it, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you finally give it to yourself and then you enjoy every ounce of that experience, the the craving for it goes away because you had the experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. This conversation of savoring where you're at is really important. So often when we hit that big goal that we've been driving to and dreaming of for so long, 
being able to take a minute and really take that in and savor that experience is so important because it's what allows us to kind of like get our fill of it and be able to level set there and move on to the next thing. So, you know, Sam ha has had wanted to leave that job and then she finally did and she had to let herself savor it and take that time and enjoy that freedom, right? And, you know, ultimately is exactly what she was craving all along. So I think it's so beautiful that she let herself do that because I see that so many entrepreneurs are challenged by that. Like they get the goal and they have a really hard time sitting it or enjoying the fruits of their labor. And so I think that this is just a beautiful call to you that if you just accomplish something big, oh my gosh, sit in it, enjoy it. Like she did that for the freedom and then she let herself enjoy that freedom. And because she got her fix of that, she's ready to move on to that next goal. And I cannot stress how important this is in scaling. So I hope that's a beautiful takeaway for you this episode. So I think that's a little bit of what's happened for you. You were craving it for so long. You got it. You gave yourself the experience. You relished in it. You enjoyed it. And now you're like, okay, like I had that experience. Like I got that thing and now I'm ready for a new experience, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm definitely like the type of person that the busier I am, the more productive I am. So now that I'm like starting to get busier, that kind of like all goes into it. Like that's one reason mm -hmm. why I'm probably ready to start doing more because now I have you know, more client work. So I am, you know, kind of gearing up a little and doing more. Um, so it's very like, it flows like that for me. And I get into like a, a busy flow, like I'm crushing it kind of a feeling. So totally. So the ultimate goal, correct me if I'm wrong here, but let's, let's move in that direction is that you want to be taking home 150 K you want to be working 25 hours a week. You want to feel like that is mostly a well-oiled machine you want it to be a combination of coaching and the agency, but you're kind of available to go in either direction related to how that scales. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see like then, you know, once I hit that, you know, 200 K revenue stream, like I'm assuming I should be pretty easily able to pay myself a $150,000 salary from that. I'm knowing myself I'm curious to see if then that changes and we keep moving the goal line a little bit. But for now, like that's, I'd be very happy with that. Um, you know, that 150 salary. Absolutely. And I think like, that's a really smart way to think about it, which is like, I want to experience hitting that level and then I'll decide what else I want from there. I think sometimes we're trying to plan out 10 years in advance and it feels so heavy. And so I think that's the beautiful way to think about it is like, that's the next goal. Then I'll see how I feel. Right. Right, exactly. Another really important lesson that came up this session was being able to just pick the next goal without having to pick all of the other ones after it. So that was something that Sam was looking at was like, well, I know this might be my next goal and I think that might be enough or I may want to make a change or I may want something else, I'm not sure. And that's such a beautiful place to be in your business where you know that you do not have to have it all figured out, where you're giving yourself permission to figure out the next step once you get there. I truly believe this is something that keeps so many entrepreneurs stuck because they feel like they have to know the next 10 goals before they'll go after the first one, right? And what gives us clarity and discernment is going after the next goal, getting there and then reevaluating. And so I really, really hope this gave you a lot of permission to just set the next goal and then give yourself total and complete permission to figure out the next step once you achieve that, right? When you can do that, you will move forward so much faster and with so much more certainty and that action will breed clarity for you every single time. Um, something I know we talked about um, initially is the idea of like, <clears throat> excuse me, like your margins being so good and that being a little bit of a fear is like, are those going to change? How are you feeling about that now? Does that still feel like a pretty big concern or do you feel like you're kind of ready to play with that more? I mean, I know like my margins are out of control right now, right? Because it's only mm -hmm. me and I'm always um, very like I do not pay for a new tool until I need it. Probably so sometimes to a point where it's taking me more time, right? So I'm mm -hmm. kind of trading Which the time for money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like it hasn't mattered because I have so much time on my hands. So it's okay. But like yesterday, like I use ClickUp for like my, you know, project management and my clients and stuff. And they just changed their 
tier pricing. So I was on the free tier and I like had to buy the paid tier, which I mean, it's like $75 a year. So it's really not that bad. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Damn it. Like, oh, fucking up my profit margins. Like, so <laughs> I'm just like everything that I have to pay for. Like, I'm fine with paying for it. Like I just paid like $2,500 for this like coaching training that I'm doing in November. So it's like, right. I don't feel weird about it. It's just like, once I decide, yes, I need, I have to get this or like, yes, I want to get this and it's worth it, then I'm totally fine with it. But it's like, I have to really kind of think about it and like, is it really worth it before I really decide to spend? Because that is, I don't, I'm very like, I mean, this should, you know, IRS don't come after me, but I'm like a little loosey goosey about my numbers and stuff. So, <laughs> You're like, should I say this like, on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get audited now. But um, like, I don't have a bookkeeper, which is like, basically I decided once I hit 150 in revenue or the end of the year, whichever comes first, I'm going to get a bookkeeper because I just like, it goes into my business bank account. I pay some of the bills, like, which there are not very many. And then everything else gets paid to me. So there's like, I don't keep profit in my business. So I just read profit first. So I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I need yeah. to like, actually try to do some real, you know, lady boss things about it. Um, because I know as I grow, like, that's another thing that's like, if you're not doing it, then it's going to all of a sudden come back and bite you in the ass one day. Yeah. I think that's one of those things where like, um, kind of like the phrase, what got you here won't get you there. Right. Right. Yeah. So like what got you here was just being like, whatever, I'm just going to make the money. I'm just going to create it. I'm going to like make it come in. If I need something else, I'm going to make more money for it, whatever. Yeah. And that's like a pretty helpful mentality in the beginning phases of building a business, right? Because you don't get stuck in all the minutia. You just kind of go and create and build, right? Yeah. But once you're getting over the six figure mark, that mentality starts to hurt you, not help you. Right. Exactly. Right. Because you have too much money to, for lack of a better word, fuck around with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I actually think, you know, we can come back to that conversation, but I actually think that that might be something for you to even start on sooner than 150 slash end of the year, simply because it's so relevant to your ability to scale. It's so relevant to like, if we can hire that team member, it's so relevant to like, what direction do we move and what tools do we need to help us move in that direction? Right. So something interesting that came up here, which I see with so many entrepreneurs as they grow and scale, is not knowing their money really well. Meaning like they've grown at a pretty fast rate and it's just kind of all gotten intertwined between personal and business, right? And you know, Sam knows her margins, but some of the rest of the stuff around saving and taxes and, and what's going to her personally and all of that has gotten really cloudy, right? And again, that's so normal. It is so normal that your focus is on making the money and creating it and bringing it in that sometimes that um, back end stuff gets left behind. But what I said to Sam and what I want to reinforce here is that often this is um, one of those experiences where what got you here won't get you there. So in large part, what's got her here is being willing to just like show up and hustle and figure it out later and kind of go and, and go after that money. What's going to get her to the next level and what's going to get her scaling is having a really good handle on that money, knowing exactly where it's going, getting her shit in order around that. That becomes scaling, like in my opinion you know, six figures and above, that becomes a non-negotiable, is knowing your money, knowing where it's going and just taking massive charge of that as the CEO. But the thing to remember is that sometimes what, again, what got you here won't get you there. And so this is just one of those growing pains of scaling is having to go, okay, it's like time to put my CEO hat on, not just my salesperson hat. And so that's something you're gonna hear us working on a lot as Sam continues to grow. Yeah, I was thinking about trying to implement profit first, like starting in Q4 at least. So then I kind of like have yeah. to know my numbers a little bit more so that, cause right now if I hired a bookkeeper, like they'd just be like, no, I'm not going to take you as a client because it's non-existent. Like, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you're a hot ass mess. No. So I was like going to implement profit first and like at the beginning of Q4 so that at least, you know, it's happening. I'm like aware of my numbers and aware of what's happening. Um, so that when I do hire someone, you know, it's, they have something to work with. So 
totally agree with that. I also think it's not only if you hire a bookkeeper, but I think it's what's going to help you make informed hires in other areas right. too. Where like right now the the story or whatever is that like everything cuts into my profit margin, which obviously to a certain extent it does, but obviously it can add to your profit. So it's a different game. But right. it's because you don't have real numbers to look at right. in a really specific way. So if we can get those in order, it makes all the other decisions so much easier. So I'll put that on your to-do list. We can talk through some of that in Basecamp a little bit more, but let's make that like one of our top priorities because I really think feeling like you have an understanding and are in control of that is going to be such a game changer in scaling and making informed decisions instead of decisions that just feel like you're rolling the dice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, even me saying like, oh, once I get to 150 or 200, I'm going to be ready to bring someone on. But like, I don't really like, I don't know. It can I? I just like yeah, made yeah, that yeah. up. I was just like, yeah, that feels good. That feels, seems good. So Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll keep revisiting that together. So then like next piece is sort of the decision between like grow and scale agency, grow and scale coaching arm, right? Right. Yeah. And so it's just like I can I I've been trying to think about it in terms of like obviously my coaching, that's gonna be like a lot more front end work. So I was kind of trying to think about like how many, you know, hours a week or month would you know, per coaching client would that take versus how many hours a week and month do my agency clients typically take? So, and I'm trying to just figure out like what would be easier, what would make more sense? Like do, you know what I mean? Like, should I scale the, I call like the agency work is like my bread and butter because I've been doing it for since 2014. So it's very easy for me to get a client. Like if I want to get a client and just like move that forward, but I'm concerned that then my bandwidth is going to start to get stretched so that I don't really have time to do because, because the coaching work is going to have more, be more front loaded. I'm concerned that if I grow the agency, I actually won't really have time to build the coaching side. So like just logistically, I don't, I'm not really sure which I should do. And I don't know, like if you have any insight on that. Totally. I think that um, (laughs) this is the, this is the uh, margins conversation to a certain extent too, but like just from a basic level, what I see being really useful for you is being able to grow slash outsource more of the agency work as a starting point. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's annoying because what it means is you're taking a temporary hit as you do that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to really look like a hit because we may initially get one coaching client that totally pays for that, right? Right. But I think that like you have to outsource the things you can outsource to make space for the things that can only be you, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing that you can outsource right now that really makes sense for you is the agency because you just know that model, you know that game, and you have processes already built there. Mm Mm-hmm. It would be very hard to just immediately start outsourcing coaching related stuff because that we have nothing built there. Does that make sense? Right. So one thing I want to provide um, a little bit of context around is the term that we're using, which is margins. Different people use this in different ways, but basically the way that we're talking about it is that uh, Sam has really high margins, meaning she takes home a vast amount of the money that she makes. So. For example, she's taking home about 90% of the money that she's bringing into her business, right? So it's only costing her about 10% of the money she makes to make money, right? And so we're looking at that and going, that's amazing that she's at that percentage point. That's fantastic. Now that may have to change as she scales, but obviously her income will increase. So um, that's sometimes worthwhile to have the percentage be 80, 85, but be making more money. It really depends on the business and model. And again, everyone might use that term slightly differently, but that's the context with which we're talking about it, right? And what I want that takeaway to be for you this week is to know those margins in your business. Know what percentage of your income or of your revenue in your business are you taking home, right? What what costs are associated with running your business? What percentage of your revenue are those costs eating up? If you know those, it's so much easier to make informed decisions about what to invest in next, how to scale, 
and what should be a focal point in your business. If you don't know those numbers, you're missing out on a really big opportunity. So I hope that's the takeaway for you this session is to go look at your own margins and figure out what they are and know that number so you can be much more informed in your next decision in business. Yeah, like I feel like if I did the coaching side, it's like nothing's getting outsourced basically. So I'd end up filling my, you know, right now I'm at around 25. So I'd be filling up to like 40, 45 hours a week if I was building the coaching. And then I'd be able to like outsource kind of some stuff from each, like cherry pick lower level stuff from each side and then go back to the agency to grow it. So it's kind of, I was like kind of leaning more towards the agency side a little bit because it's just like something I know that I can grow pretty Um, easily, like if I want to. Exactly. And sometimes what we need to do is like resource ourselves enough so that the other stuff can get our attention. So if you resource yourself with like a team, if you resource yourself with more income coming in from that side, Mm -hmm. then you have everything you need to build the coaching with ease. If you just resource yourself by adding more hours to your week, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a possibility, but it's probably not going to feel as good. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, definitely. And it's also one of those things where, again, we're not necessarily building in alignment with what you want, which is to not work a ton of hours a week, right? So if we start making all the decisions around adding hours, though it might work temporarily, it's not necessarily in alignment with the goal that we've set, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that um, first question is, do you feel like the move for you, and we can talk through this, you may or may not know the answer, is to go, okay, let me get up to 150 agency-wise, then let me hire somebody and let me see if I can do that within like a short period of time. Yeah. that's. Or does it feel like, let me hire someone now before I even make that 150 push? No, I think I can because I've been like kind of looking at the my toggle, um, like my time tracking and stuff a little bit. And basically like uh, I need to to get to 150. I need to get. I need to pull in uh, 2750 more a month. So that's like um, that usually would look like um, two or less full service clients, depending on how much they are. Um, because I do custom proposals for my clients, so it's a little right. depends on that. Um, but like it could be another one of these big clients. So that kind of depends a little bit. But um, yeah, I can like pretty easily do that. And then like, like if they're a $1,500 a month full service client, like you, and I'm really good at like feeling out like how needy they're going to be. Um, <laughs> so I can probably pretty easily get to that extra 3000 a month um, without, you know, and that would only equate to like less than 10 hours a week more of work. So, um, and then like bring someone on, like, I'm pretty, I feel good about like doing that. I don't think it's going to add like a bunch of stuff to my plate. You're probably going to hear me talk about this a lot this season, but I want to talk about strategic scaling that's in alignment with your goal, right? So the decision that Sam was really making in this session was, am I going to scale the agency first or am I going to, you know, start the coaching arm of my business? And what we really had to ask ourselves is like, what is that next goal and how do we make a scaling decision that's in alignment with that? And that next goal for her is really to increase her revenue so she can bring on more help that ultimately allows her to build this other arm. That was by far the smartest decision she could have made in my opinion because it was in alignment with the goal which was increase the revenue so we can bring on team so we can grow the coaching, right? Because what she doesn't want to do is just keep forever adding hours to her plate. We know that one of her goals is to keep it around 20 to 25 because she eventually wants to start a family, right? And so while she's willing to add hours for a period of time, we do not want to start making decisions where we're always spending time when that is not her long-term goal. So what we've decided to do is really scale the agency because we know that that's working. We know what needs to get delegated there. We know how to make money there right? And then use that money to get her support that frees up time so that she can do the other things she wants. That is truly strategic scaling that's in alignment with goals. And what people do so often is they get to that certain point and they stop asking that question and they just go, well, I want to start a coaching arm, so I'll just do that instead of thinking, well, what's the most strategic way to do that? So 
that's exactly what we're doing here. Again, you're probably gonna hear this conversation a lot because it is going to be very, very relevant as we move forward. But that's also something I would ask you to think about is am I making the decisions that are most in alignment with my next goal and my top priority? Because that is what strategy looks like is making those strategic decisions. So I hope that was a helpful example for you to see how important it is to look at decisions from that lens. I think that's really smart because I think what we can start doing is sort of like moving puzzle pieces after that. So in other words, right. we're adding, say, you know, we're getting up to 150, we're adding 10 hours of work a week. Cool. Once we hit 150, then can we outsource 10 hours of work a week? And then we bring you back down to 25. Then can we add maybe 10 that goes toward coaching? Cool. Then what can we outsource that brings that back down? And so we're willing to go up and down and play this game where we just move puzzle pieces, but we're never just always adding time. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So I would say like, let's, let's kind of move in parallel lines here. So meaning like, let's work on getting those two clients, but let's also start some of the interview slash processing around what needs to get outsourced. So that way, once those clients are on onboarded, you're not like, okay, now I have to start hiring. You're like, I already have an idea of who I want and for what. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what are some of the things you've considered outsourcing agency-wise? So I've been kind of trying to think about it. Um, so I have some clients who I can outsource some, if not all, of the social media marketing piece. So that would be like if it's all of it, it's you know finding industry articles and you know scheduling those and stuff like that. And then uh, for some of the um, clients that do, we do custom graph, like I do custom graphics for them, but they're just in Canva. So it's like either somebody can be like curating content for me and pulling that together. Um, and then, you know, them or I can make the custom graphics and then they can go out and schedule it. Um, so that's pretty easy. Like that would be an immediate thing that they can do. Um, the other thing is I do have some clients who are starting to run more ads, ad management, Um, Mm -hmm. so that is probably something I can do, but I would have to look at how much bringing someone on to do that is going to be, because it's obviously not as low level. Um, but then I, I was like, I can't really think of other, like anything else. Like I do, I have clients that do email marketing, but it's not extremely consistent email marketing. So it could be something like if I onboard someone who just like has that capability, um, they could do emails like as they crop up, but um, they're not super um, common. Um, but then I, I, I don't know what else I could do because I have Dubsado. So like my invoicing is good to go. Um, that is definitely a purchase that was so worth it um, <laughs> in my life. I should get I should be an affiliate if I'm saying this, but um, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like Dubsado hit a bitch up. Um, but yeah. So I was trying to think about, like, I think I need to kind of like ask around um, to see, or if you have any advice on like anything else that I could outsource. Well, I think it's more like, where is your time going? And you obviously track that really tightly. So that mm-hmm. would be worth seeing, you know, is 50% of your time going to social? Well, then there's nothing else we even need to worry about outsourcing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, that that would be the one thing that would move the needle forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I definitely think starting with social, like that's probably gonna re- that's probably gonna be a bulk of like what's gonna free up my time, and it's like a low level item, so um, it's I wouldn't be you know super concerned about that. Exactly. Like if we it, like even let's use the ads as an example, that's more like a long-term play than a short-term play because you bring that expertise and and you're getting paid for that expertise versus like right. social, you're bringing the expertise, you're just paying someone's hands to do it, right? Right, yeah, exactly. And so um, do you have like a guess or a percentage or that's something we could always like look at and come back to around like what percentage of your time is going to the social piece right now? I'd have to look at it, but yeah, I can, I can look at in toggle and tell you. Okay. I have some, like I have a couple of clients. Um, so this is one thing that's like kind of, I was like, and I guess I won't really know this until I like, um, look at my numbers a little bit more, but right now I have some 
bigger agencies who are subcontracting out social only to me. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I had emailed you about this because I'm like, I was like worried about if I like two step it basically and have someone outsource it to someone else, or at least a portion of it to someone else. I was worried that um, like the profit margin would just be just totally take a nosedive. But these are both like agencies that are are bringing multiple clients in. So I was like, okay, well that kind of might even it out. So I'll have to look. So those, it's like, I almost need to look at those separately because they're not full service. It's social only those clients. So they're at a lower price point. Yeah, totally. And also sometimes we have to think about like literally like time for dollars in marketing. So the fact that they're just sending you clients and you never have to market for those or spend any of your own time, money, energy, effort, acquiring the client actually sometimes makes it really worth it because we forget how expensive client acquisition can be sometimes, again, in terms of time and money, right? Yeah, for sure. So that was like something I was like kind of trying to be, you know, do I need to keep because they both they're both like paying they're doing like LinkedIn lead gen and all that so it's like I'm not paying for that they're doing it so um that is definitely cheaper so they're both like oh I have I'm gonna have more clients coming through and I was kind of like do I say yes to that or do I not say yes to that but um they both like I they um you know I prep the social in one shot at the like once a month and then schedule it once a month so they're both like taking like max four hours a month. So like looking at the time, and that's like one reason why I track my time because looking at the time, I'm like, okay, yeah, I think that is worth it. Yeah. And like, if we, if we even like play with those uh, numbers for a second, right? Like four hours a month, right? Say Mm -hmm. you eventually outsource that to like a $40 an hour VA, right? Mm -hmm. You make all that money and it costs you $160 to get it done. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, yeah, you're giving up $160, but you're also freeing up four hours of your time, which might be a $1,500 coaching client. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, like four sessions a month with a $1,500 a month client. Like, that starts to be a game changer in terms of like what we're really paying for is your time because we're, your time is more and more valuable as you grow. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's sort of like a reframe that has to happen once we get over the six figure mark or maybe even before, but I think it's something we're going to work on a lot, which is like, you've always seen, um, your time as the commodity, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's always been the thing that you could put towards stuff. That's always been the investment piece. And now what becomes true is that money is actually your commodity, right? Right. So we can spend to get time back versus spending time to get money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I know I need to do it. So I just have to like figure out how to best do it at this point. For sure. So I would say like keeping those clients still makes sense. Obviously that's something we can continue to reevaluate, but it makes sense based on a four hour time time frame that we can outsource, right? Right. Because we can outsource social. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can certainly pay for four hours of time. That's right. a win, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think um, what we really need to do is kind of look at what your time commitment is for social right now and then create a job description around what that actually looks like. Sounds good. So, you know, what tasks do they need to be doing? What are you going to be looking for them to do? About how many hours are we thinking about hiring out for? All of that kind of stuff, because again, we can move that needle forward while you're booking the two full service clients. It doesn't have to be like, we'll wait. We should absolutely be thinking about who's that next hire right now, because that's the thing that gives you those, say, 10 hours to put towards getting that first coaching client. Right. Makes sense. Cool. So that's kind of going to be your homework. Like, I want you to start pulling numbers and start having a conversation with me about some of the profit first stuff. I want you to do um, the job description, look at your time commitment, and then absolutely let's focus on the two client spots. Does that feel easy? Is there anything you need support around there? Or are you like, I kind of just need to go ask for them or what's the process step for you there? Yeah. Like my legion, well, a lot of my clients come through referrals, like, which is totally. great. Um, but then I've had just like a lot of success, like getting in the Facebook groups, like just 
like being there, you know, people literally just ask, like, I'm looking for, you know, someone for digital marketing. So I just have to spend time like looking at, looking for those posts responding to those posts, you know, trying to set up calls and stuff like that. So, um, it's like a numbers game. Like if I just spent, like I got a client from, I just spent like three hours one night while I was drinking wine, like doing lead (laughs) gen. And then I got a client out of that. So it's like pretty easy for me. Like it doesn't ever really feel hard to get clients. So that's nice. Um, so I just like have to put in the work because ideally they would start, um, October one. So like, really, I need to spend time doing that lead gen like this week. Something I really want you to note from this episode is Sam's confidence in getting these two new clients, right? This is literally when you know you're ready to scale you guys, right? Because she just knows how to fucking get clients, right? She knows how to go out there and sign those next two people. And that is when you're ready to scale. It's not when you have the client per se. It's when you know that well, how to go get one, how to make that next sale, how to replace that client when you need to, when you have that so unlocked that you always know that you can get that next sale anytime you need it. That is when you're ready to scale, when you have that level of confidence. So I just want you to note that here because that is so valuable to be able to see that she brings that level of sureness around the agency to the table, which is why we're scaling that arm of the business right now, because we know how to do it, right? So you'll see us move through that a lot more, but I want you to take note of that confidence and look at where you can bring that to your own business and sales process. Totally. And I think that that's, that's one of those things where like, that's where having that cushion and why we want to keep it around 25 is helpful because when we need to go add four hours this week, that's not even a thing Mm -hmm. versus if we start getting too close to like 40 plus or whatever, like we stop having that ability to be like, Oh, okay, well we can add four hours to go do lead gen this week. Right. So I think it's like perfect that you're at where you're at because that's an easy ad. That's not even a question. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Beautiful. So ultimately I think what we're deciding is that we're definitely going the agency model. We're definitely scaling that first, but it's not really like at the sacrifice of coaching. It's more like so that we can free up approximately 10 of those 25 hours to then put towards coaching. Does that feel true? Yeah, that's like, cause that's exact. I was trying to compare both of them and I was like leaning more towards the agency. I just know it'll be easier and faster. <laughs> so it's like, why am I not going to do that? You know, so that I can outsource sooner. Totally. It makes sense to capitalize on the machine that's already working, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like how I was already leaning that way. So that's good. I kind of just like needed confirmation from someone. So um, that's good. Beautiful. And then um, for the coaching thing that you're doing in November, is that like a, I'm getting a certification and I definitely don't want to coach before that? Or is that like, that's just a beautiful add-on and it's fine if I start coaching before that. Just want to make sure I have that clear. Yeah. It's just an add-on. And it's so funny because, um, I was talking about it the other week and somebody said like, Oh, so you're going to coach before that. And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Like I already am bringing knowledge and stuff to the table. I've already coached like earlier this year and it went well and like they, you know, left feeling very satisfied. So it's more just like that coaching. It's um, more, it's like NLP and like more of the, like, um, you know, your inner talk and your inner language to yourself and kind of a little more woo. It's like a little touchy feely because I just feel like I'm so proud of you. I know. I literally like messaged the girl who's the coach and I was like, is this too woo for me? (laughs) Like you need to tell me (laughs) because I am basically taking it so that I can like better relate to and better serve my coaching clients. So totally, um, you know, because like I don't have like a ton of mindset issues all the time that a lot of other people have. So I like want to make sure I can like relate to them and help them. So it's more just like, like, I don't care. I'll co- I will co- coach today. I have no like hangups about that. It's more just so I can be a better coach and like serve those coaching clients more effectively. Beautiful. I love that. So then I think as far as timeline wise and what we're thinking, I feel like it makes the most sense to be like, it would be a great point to shoot for to kind of have these two clients locked in end of September and to have somebody onboard hired first couple weeks of October. Does that feel true? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's doable. And that way 
we still have literally like, you know, two and a half months rest of the year to be like, okay, cool. What are we doing with this next 10 hours for coaching? Right. doesn't mean the agency isn't still scaling during that time. Obviously we can always add another team member if we need to or whatever, but it frees you up enough to be like, I don't have to wait on coaching until the beginning of the year. Like I can start as soon as mid-October, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. And I already, like I created an online course like two years ago and I did not do like my due diligence on market research and I didn't really market it that much, but I am going to use that as like the outline basically for the coaching program. So there is like some content that's built out already and like I don't feel weird about signing clients and like you know, building out, you know, fully building out the module, like two or three modules ahead of them. Like, I think that probably will just like force me to do it um, and not procrastinate. So there's like some stuff that exists already. Um, But yeah, like basically I'm totally cool with just getting coaching clients and then, you know, really moving forward and shaking from there. Yeah. So what I was saying is I think that, excuse me, that is actually like the best way to do it anyway, because ultimately like what you're doing is making it so that you get to actually in real time walk a client through that and make adjustments to it based on what's actually happening versus like when we take our best guess and we're like, well, I think they need these 13 steps or whatever. Yeah. When you're building it with them while you go, like you're building such a different, more curated program that's actually going to really support the people that are actually in it. So not only is that the best way to do it, but it's like perfect to know that like that feels good too. Right. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Okay. So let's start with those first couple of things around um, kind of getting some of the money stuff in order, working on those clients by the end of September. Let's get a job description put together um, and we'll go from there. But ultimately, I think it totally makes sense to go the agency route at this moment, but it also doesn't mean we're putting off coaching for any more than a few weeks. Sounds good. Beautiful. So excited. So, so pumped for you that you crossed that mark. Congratulations. And um, keep me posted in Basecamp and we'll chat this week. Okay. Sounds good. Amazing. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.